and forgive me for missing so many episodes. If you saw my social media posts, then you know that my sweet pup Isis passed away after nearly 16 years of my life. She stopped eating, and when we took her to the vet, they said she had severely advanced kidney failure. Um, so it definitely wasn't right to keep her alive just for us, so we made the incredibly hard decision of saying goodbye. I remember picking her out in fourth grade, and she was the sweetest little puppy. She was the runt of the litter and had some health problems, but I knew she was mine, and the vets gave her a very small chance to live then, but uh, she definitely proved them wrong. So it was really hard being in the room during the process, and something I don't think I'll ever forget, but um, I am glad that I was with her so that she wasn't scared. Oh man, thinking about it is going to make me cry again. But the other dogs when we came home were a little bit confused. So Odin is our middle child and he started being a little depressed and uh, we used to call Isis his puppy mama because uh, she taught him how to be a dog. And so after I got back from my DC trip, he stopped eating and at first we didn't know what was wrong with him, but wasn't sure because everything in his blood work came back normal. And then after a few days um, of not eating, he lost a significant amount of weight and they were able to feel a blockage in his intestines. So he had to have emergency surgery the day that I flew back to New York, which was super, super hard. And it was really stressful not being with him. And we found out that the block in his intestine uh, his intestines was actually a piece of a Kong toy that he had chewed and swallowed. So don't ever give your dog a Kong toy if you know they're gonna, if they chew, and they tend to chew. We, uh, thought we got it away from him in time. He, we did know that he, like, swallowed a couple pieces because, you know, it passes through, but we thought everything passed through, um, and that was not the case. So he seemed to be doing better, after the first surgery, and then about like four days after, his stitches on his belly burst open, and so he had to go into another emergency surgery, and we found out that he was actually allergic to the internal stitches, so it caused uh, some swelling that sort of led to the, the opening of his external stitches. So he seemed to be doing better after that emergency surgery, but about two days later, he developed a really severe bacterial infection that caused intense swelling and bleeding to the point where a wound actually opened up behind his leg. Um, and so my mom rushed him to our vet, and Odin was basically given three days to live with a 50-50 chance. So I booked a very expensive and incredibly last-minute flight home to see him. It was really, really hard. I thought I was going to lose another dog in the matter of three weeks. Not even, but um, he is a fighter for sure. And with the help of our entire vet's office, he is almost entirely recovered. His wound has healed over, the swelling in his leg is gone, and his blood work is looking so much better. Um, he does still have a few more rounds of antibiotics to go, but hopefully he gets the 100% clean bill of health next week. He has lost quite a bit of weight. Um, my mom is sending me pictures of him and Cleo, our youngest puppy, 
uh, every day, and I'm just so, so grateful for our whole vet's office. Um, the entire team there is amazing, and they were with him, like, around the clock, making sure that he was improving, and so, yeah, I mean, I just, I am so thankful for them, and for anybody in the Pima Clear Lake area in Texas, you should check Clear Creek Animal Hospital out if you are in the market for a new vet. They're incredible, and yeah, I mean, I just can't, I can't say enough good about them. So, needless to say, it has been a whirlwind of a few weeks back to New York with a very crappy start to the semester, but um, hopefully we're on the uphill track now. But uh, in more positive news, I wanted to let you all know that my Smithsonian Fellowship has been extended until December, and I'm super excited about it because I'm working on a really fun project with my practicum advisor. So I've got some other things in the work that in the works that I can't announce just yet, but hopefully by the end of next week I can. I'm really, really like fingers crossed, hoping that it happens. But um, yeah, I also, in the last time since we spoke, I finally finished my draft of my dissertation proposal. I am not looking forward to picking it back up because I'm really sick of looking at it. It was a long time coming, but, uh, you know, sometimes the writing capacity just isn't there and you need to take a little bit more time to let those idea forms. And obviously, like, my advisor definitely pushed me to get at least a singular draft out so that I could get a grade for it uh, for my independent study. But uh, yeah, so we're moving forward. <laughs> but yeah, so on to our normal art watch things. So we have our quick patron shout out to Caitlin. Thanks for continuing to support art watch. Um, new patron discount codes have already been sent out. If any listeners out there would like to become a patron, you can visit patreon.com slash artwatchpodcast and check me out. Or if you don't want to commit for a long-term payment, you can actually do a one-time donation at artwatchpodcast.com under the donation tab. So anything helps, super grateful. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to all the changes that Artwatch is going to see over the next couple months. And one of them is actually already up and running. Um, I, on the website, I am now offering tutoring services. I typically use to tutor on Wiseant, but they take a large commission, so I figured why not make a perk of it on Artwatch? So I'm able to charge a little less because I actually get to keep the majority of the money. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I gear more towards art history survey students, so like AP art history and like your general survey classes in college, but of course I can always do specialized classes too, just send me an email um, if you have a more specialized class. But I also have done in the past tutoring sessions for teachers in training to take their certification exam in studio art and art history. So I've had a couple of students that I've tutored and they passed their exams and now they're certified EC through 12 teachers. So if you are in the market of taking that teacher exam, check out the website. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited and lots of new changes coming. But in our last episode, I told you that I'd be retelling my story of how I accidentally got caught in a museum heist 
And before you ask, no, I was not the one stealing the art, nor was my companion. We were actually innocent bystanders simply trying to enjoy a visit to the museum. So in order to begin, I kind of need to take you back to the very first few days of 2020, pre-pandemic, the glorious days of the first week of January. <laughs> Um, so it was while I was on my study abroad in Mexico City, which I talked a little bit about in the Teotihuacan episode with Marissa. Um, but it was, the, again, those glorious pre-pandemic days with not a care in the world of being surrounded by like a billion people. Okay, not that many people, but a lot of people. You get the idea. And so we were experiencing beautiful culture and incredible art. And um, after the class ended, my friend was super sweet to let me stay with her and her family in Mexico City. And she also was so nice and indulged me in visiting the Museo de Blasio de Bellas Artes because I was able to find work related to my master's thesis. And at this time, there was also an exhibit called Emiliano Zapata Desuestos. I can't speak. I just got back from the gym. Anyway. <laughs> Emiliano Zapata después Zapata. So Emiliano Zapata after Zapata. After going through security, we made our way through the lovely galleries there. I got to see some wonderful murals and a lot of works that were related to my master's thesis. Um, and our last stop was actually the Zapata exhibit. Um, so we get into the gallery. I was really excited because there was tons of material to cover. It was taking up like at least four galleries of the museum. Uh, so it was a huge exhibition, and it was in honor of, like, the hundred years since, uh, I believe it was his death. Yeah, it's his death, because he died in 1919. We're going through there, I'm seeing all these wonderful photographs from the 1910 revolution, and we're having a great time. We get into an interactive component, we're playing around, having fun with it, zooming in on details from murals around Mexico City that are related to the Mexican Revolution, and... Um, it was really fun. We were having a great time. But as we were having this wonderful time of our lives, all of a sudden, sirens start going off and security guards come rushing from all directions. And they're talking super quickly to everyone. And obviously, like, my Spanish at the time was terrible. Like, it's still so-so now. But it was much worse back in or 20, early 2020. I look at my friend and, like, this panic and she starts translating for me as quickly as she can she told me if she tells me that the guards need us to exit the gallery immediately everyone is super confused and we exit the gallery everyone gets sequestered in a small hallway none of the guards were saying anything but my friend was able to make conversation with one of the younger guards and he told us that someone had tried to deface or and or steal one of the works in the Zapata exhibition. So obviously we were shocked as hell because we were in a gallery that was really close to the one that it was in. I think it was like the one adjacent. Um, and the guard told her that there were a lot of protesters outside the museum. So all the guests were kind of just like sitting ducks. And around the time of my uh, study abroad, like just before we, we uh, arrived there, um, We'd actually heard like, oh, there's this new exhibit. It's getting a little bit of protest because of um, some of the works that are in it. Little did I know this was that exhibition. So after the 20 longest minutes of my life, everything cleared and security told us that we could re-enter the galleries. 
Of course, we had to finish the Zapata exhibition and see the work that caused the heist. The work that was actually at the forefront of this heist was a painting titled La Revolucion by Chiapas artist Fabian Chárez, and the iconic work features a nude Emiliano Zapata in a feminized, sensual, kind of pin-up manner. He's wearing a sombrero and high heels in the shape of pistols, while a banner resembling the Mexican flag is swirling around his torso. So it's super sexual. And also he's on top of a white horse that is very noticeably erect. Like, gigantic horse penis for everyone to see. So the work itself is very again very sexual and the frame that it's in was over the top like i think broke and that is what the frame was like so everything is just feeding into like this eccentric sensual theme of the of the work itself and so it's amazing i love it and i'm going to post a picture of it on the episode instagram post and I figured since this work caused me to be involved in a museum heist, that I should go over some background um, related to it. So if you are unfamiliar with the 1910 Mexican Revolution, you might be asking yourself, who is Emiliano Zapata? He was a leading figure in the 1910 Revolution who fought mainly for land reform. Um... And of course, against a corrupt government. Um, but he came from a well-off family in Anamequilco, and he eventually became the leader of the village, even though he was really young at the time. Um, but his assassination in 1919 made him a martyr, and he became a symbol of the revolution and the fight for rights and progress against a corrupt government. But after his death, Zapata's legacy reached these like mythic proportions. Um, he was sort of blasted everywhere, like his his image. Um, and so a lot of his ideas were implemented into official policy um, related to land reform. And he's especially revered in many rural and indigenous communities because he sought the implementation of liberties and agrarian rights that would ultimately help them out of severe poverty. And a lot of um, more modern scholarship that studies the Zapatista movement in its initial iteration and more recent revival, it's been examined sort of as like a like a fight for racial equality um but there are there's a lot of like contested information around him so i'm not going to get into that but um in 1983 uh the foundation for the zapata army i forget like the let me look at the specific name for it so i don't get it wrong the zapatista army of national liberation uh, was founded in 1983, but the official New Zapatista movement didn't begin until 1993 when they released a statement to NAFTA, so the North American Free Trade Agreement. Uh, they were stating the declaration itself amounted to a declaration of war on the Mexican government, which they considered illegitimate. So the army stressed that it opted for arm that it opted for armed struggle due to the lack of results that had been achieved through peaceful means of protest such as sit-ins and marches and a lot of this is still related to working class rights and uh, land rights still too so now we're going back to the painting itself the artist is relating the work and 
and ideas of Zapata, like the call for liberation and equality. And he's now applying it to the queer movement and equal rights for people within the LGBTQ community. But of course, uh, it was not taken well by a lot by a lot of the public. Initially, the work was actually used as some of the primary promo for, or like one of the, some of the primary image imagery for promos. Um, and this is sort of how it became a, a huge controversy. And so the Zapatistas, they saw that this is being used. This uh, his imagery was being used for uh, gay rights. And they staunchly opposed it. And so some of his, uh, Zapata's descendants also opposed it. And there were constant protests outside Mbeas uh, Artes. And so you would, they would see the protesters of the painting itself. They were calling for its removal from the exhibition as a whole. The president was like secretary culture secretary of culture deal with it and they sort of came to an agreement that the museum would not use it in in a lot of its promotional imagery but it was still going to be on view um and part of the reasoning behind that is the curators believed that his imagery every 20 years or so sort of cycles related to some sort of human rights ideas and this is the most recent iteration of that and so that's why they they opted to keep it on view and as these protests were happening we would get counter protesters who were in support of the lgbtq community and for rights for them and so there were often fights out of the museum and uh yeah so that is how i got stuck in a museum heist we weren't really sure what to expect like when they told us that like there were protesters outside because i mean i think any when you're like when you're around anything like that you're like oh my gosh what's gonna happen things can go bad very quickly especially like if they tried to like steal a work itself <laughs> um but so yeah no it was really interesting and i really like the work i think that it's an interesting use of such an iconic figure yeah no i think it's i think it's really clever and of course we should always support lgbtq rights in my opinion and if you don't agree with that then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast but. so yeah i mean i want to give a quick little shout out to the artist fabian jarez um if you check out his website fabianjerez.com you can see a small selection of his works from his portfolio and there's a lot of similarities between La Revolución and what he has on his website so there's this emphasis on sensuality icons or like iconic scenes from Mexican culture and history but uh yeah it's it's really interesting I'm looking I'm actually looking at one right now um, there's one called the Eucharist, and it's a nun, and she is centrally putting her fingers in a like the the communion chalice. So, and of course, the placement in front of her body is very intentional, and she has like the same facial expression as the ecstasy of Saint Teresa. So, 
we all know what he's getting at. And uh, I think one of my other favorites is he has two called the Eucharist, one with a nun and one with a priest. And the one with the priest, it's um, he's holding like the like the crucifix, like an actual like if it, if it was actually like Christ's body on there, like that that one. And he's licking his toes. <laughs> so it's really, these works are really really interesting, and you should definitely definitely check him out he repeats the uh sensual man and the sombrero uh one two three separate times uh and one of them there's a rooster on top of his crotch so it's like there's a lot of double entendres here and i i think that the general art watch uh audience would would really find his work fascinating but uh since this episode was mainly about me getting involved in heist i don't want to do a, a huge deep dive into his work just because um yeah it was it was meant to be a quick 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 story but uh i hope that you all enjoyed it it was an interesting time getting back to podcasting so i apologize if my energy is a little low today even though i'm talking about something really fascinating like and i don't think many people can say that they have been a random bystander when a work was attempted to be being stolen i don't know how to phrase that properly like my brain is not functioning right now but um yeah no it was like a, a really strange experience we ended our day we went to like one of the oldest restaurants in the city i forget the name of it but the food was amazing there and uh, they have, like, this cute little, like, shop attached on the outside of the restaurant. And uh, we we ended our day ordering delicious traditional Mexican food. And, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting day. I don't, I don't think I'd want to be involved in another one. But uh, who knows? The future, like, it's out there, you know. And, I, yeah, again, I apologize today for my my lack of brain cells i feel like the um uh, the little dog i think tiktok where it's like it's the final brain cell that one yeah i feel like that one that little dog um but yeah anyway i i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and make sure you follow me on social media at artwatch podcast and I literally just made a TikTok account for the podcast, so check it out if you have TikTok. I hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time. Bye!